Having a place to belong is one of the most important human needs that we experience. It gives shape to our identity. It provides security in, for which, in which we can grow. I grew up in a farming community, 100 miles or so from here. It was small, it was close-knit. Everybody knew everybody else. And it was a big deal when some stranger come in, came into our community. Our small, familiar world kind of got shook up a little bit. In those days, and this kind of dates me a little bit, my favorite movies were Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and Hopalong Cassidy. And most of those movies started out with a little western town and a stranger rides usually a black horse into town and the people are looking out the shop windows and uh, everybody is wondering, who is this? Why is he here? And it doesn't take much, really, to kind of shake up that sense of belonging and sense of security. Well, belonging, some great scholarships, scholars say, is one of the five most important human needs. And one of the things that I remember so vividly back when I was in second grade, my dad sold the farm that I grew up on until second grade, and we moved about 12 miles the other side of town to a bigger farm. And when I went from country school, now this really, some of you might remember this, the youngsters here probably think I'm nuts, but one-room schoolhouse, 14 kids, K through 8 grade. We had a, a phone on the wall that had a crank and a long and two shorts. That was our phone number. That was what we rang each other. And it was a party line, and we knew everybody else was listening anyway. And so when we moved, I went to town school from that little bitty town in the country where everybody was content and happy to 30 kids in second grade. I was petrified. I was the stranger in their midst. The kids were nice enough, except for one third grader who was a bully. And my teacher was really nice, but I was so alone. I was so, so frightened by it all. And I can remember one day very, very clearly those desks. I don't think they make desks like it anymore, but they go click, 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 and then click, click, click. Well, I got out the biggest book in my desk, and I set it up like this. And I got behind it, and I cried. I was really the stranger. That's what our scriptures are about tonight. How do we treat the stranger who comes in our midst? It's a virtue that we're being taught tonight about hospitality, taking care of those who come into our lives, however different they are, wherever they come from, whatever they look like. Hospitality for the ancient people was the most important virtue. Back in those ancient days, they were nomadic people. They followed the flocks wherever there was water or grass. And if a stranger came into their midst, 
Uh, it could be life or death. So they had to welcome one another, even if they thought the person coming into their midst might be a foe. Hospitality and compassion. In the book of Leviticus, we listen to Exodus today, but in the book of Leviticus, it says, if a stranger lives with you in your land, do not molest him. You must count him as one of your own countrymen and must love him as you love yourself. Nomadic people, that was what helped them to survive. The stranger, when they arrived at your tent or in your your wherever you're, you pitched your tents, the stranger was never asked, never asked, who are you? Uh, where'd you come from? Or what do you want? Probably the things we might ask. But until the stranger was offered hospitality, water to bathe themselves, until they're rested, until they're fed, they never asked those questions. They showed hospitality, and welcoming. And after they had done all those things and the stranger felt very welcomed, then they could talk. Then they could tell each other about their lives. That was the way it was in the ancient world. Too bad some of that can't happen in our world today, that acceptance and that love. I read this last week in an ancient Welch, Welch greeting from Wales this little greeting, and it's, it's a little poem, but I think it's so beautiful because it makes the point. Hail, guest, we ask not what you art. If friend, we greet thee, hands in heart. If stranger, such no longer be. If foe, our love shall conquer thee. Fundamental, my friends. We gotta let this work its way into our lives fundamental to our lives as followers of Christ and followers of the ancient traditions that he was formed in, we have to be so aware of our need to welcome others into the very fabric of who we are. The first reading goes on to talk about widows and orphans. Widows and orphans were put in a very special place in the ancient world because they had no one to speak for them. They were on their own, and they could well die of starvation. But widows and orphans, it was a part of the fabric of their faith life that they be taken care of. The poor and the outcasts, the same. God watched over them. That was the Old Testament tradition. And remember, that's what tradition Jesus was formed in. It's what he was taught. It was the way he grew up. It's the way he began to understand himself and his faith. In the gospel, Jesus is asked a question by a lawyer. What is the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with everything that you are. It's the most important thing. And then he said, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. We understand a little bit of how rabbis, Jesus was a rabbi, how they taught in those days. Here's the law. But this is how you live the law. 
Jesus connected love of God with love of neighbor. It's, it's one teaching. So the way that we express our love for God is through the way we treat one another. Love God with everything you are, but love your neighbor as yourself. There are some great ones amongst us, great teachers, who help us understand that basic teaching. Mother Teresa, for example, once said, every person I meet is an opportunity to love God. Every person that came into her life introduced to her an opportunity for her in her faith to love God. I can remember clearly, I don't know how many years ago it was now, when uh, Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, uh, right here in Iowa, made a comment in his homily down by Des Moines that has affected me and stuck with me all these years. He said, the sign of your Christian faith is that you share not from your abundance, but from your sustenance with the poor and the oppressed. It's not what we have left over. It's not what we don't need. But it's from the very sustenance of who we are that, uh, you know, we need to feel it in terms of our willingness to share from the depth of who we are with those in need. Pope Francis these days reminds us even more clearly than Pope John Paul II. He said to us, you got to go to the edge. You got to get out of that place where you are most comfortable and most secure. You got to go to the edge and find there the oppressed, the neglected, the poor, the hungry, the starving, those who have no one to speak for them, widows and orphans. You got to go to the edge and you got to love those that Jesus loves. That's hard to do, I think, for all of us. Hard to go there. He even said to the bishops of the world once, you bishops, and he's probably talking to them and they're dressed in all their purple and red and gowns and stuff like that. He said, shepherds, do you remember his statement? Shepherds should smell like the sheep. Shepherds should have gone there and be close to those who live on the very edge. Gandhi, the great teacher, this, we've been talking about what we need to do, but Gandhi said, the greatness of a society, think of our society, our culture today, the greatness of a society is measured by the way it takes care of the vulnerable the weakest, the poor, those most in need. The greatness of a society does this. It becomes a part of who we are as a people. As a people, compassionate and loving and kind. It's the part of our faith that cannot be left out if we dare say we love God. So think about that. My friends, this weekend and as the week ahead unfolds, how much of our faith do we truly put into practice? We say our prayers, we love God, but it's not 
just that. We love God, but the way that we do it is the way that we love one another.